to Read It or List It. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Ashley. And we are very excited to start another new series today. Um, If you listened to last week's episode in our audiobook wrap-up, you'll know that we are starting a series that I really can't believe that we are here. But that's just show we can contain multitudes, people. Multitudes. We can grow and change and... We're normalizing changing thoughts and opinions and preferences. And genres. Like, I just can't even I, – I, I was just categorizing – or what's it called? Um, cataloging. cataloging. I was cataloging all of my physical books. And the fact that when I started talking about books publicly online, I exclusively read thrillers <laughs> – to the point where I then transitioned so hard, like just took took a like a hard left into romance and fantasy. And now I'm reading mostly I, I have not read a book that has been traditionally published other than Bloomsbury and Sarah J. Mass's Silver Flames. Other than that, everything I've read since 2021. Honestly, since December of 2020, has been independently published. And they mostly have been dark romances, which is, like I said to you a couple episodes ago, or described it somewhere, like, is kind of got, like, thriller-ish elements. Mm -hmm. And so it's so strange to me that, like, I started in such a different place, but now I'm kind of, it's almost like, it's not coming full circle, but it's, it's getting close. Yeah. Well, it's a you. We are going to do a series dedicated to indie romance, so independently published romance novels that have, um, and that it's a wide spectrum, which I think is going to be really fun to explore in this series. And we won't, we will barely even touch the surface. I feel like we said this when we did our very first romance series way back in 2020, um, when we were like, we're new to this genre. So we we know we're going to miss some good ones. And I will say that again with this because we are new to this genre and I do consider it a different genre. I, I do consider it like a whole other world really mm-hmm. because there are people that have been reading these books for decades. And I think with newer platforms like Kindle Unlimited, more people have access to these books than ever before. And obviously the ebook industry is huge so that has also made it a whole other ball game before people were buying these books like online and getting them sent to them and whatnot but now it's at your fingertips with your with your e-reader yeah and I think with platforms like Instagram and TikTok you get to see the fan base of these books and obviously I know we all get like a lot of flack for like overhyping things I have yet to find an indie romance that was like too overhyped for me. Same. I think that's what's so refreshing is because I feel like there's a lot less um, uncontrolled variables. Mm. Does, does that make sense? I don't know. With an it with My an chair is so squeaky. I'm so sorry if you can hear this. I don't know why it's so squeaky, but make me self conscious. Anyway, variables. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Like I, I almost, I don't know if that's the right way 
to refer to it, but it feels like there are, I'm only looking for a few things with an indie romance. And so it's really easy for me to like get a recommendation from TikTok or Instagram and see if it's got what I want, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because people will be like, this is the trope. This is the steam. This is how well developed the characters are. This is how well developed the plot is. And it's like, okay, I just like scroll through and I just see exactly what I want. I do a lot more reading of like one star reviews with independently published books because usually the one star review will be like some some person who had no business reading that book complaining about something that like I want to see in the book. Mm-hmm. So it, I like learn a lot. Like Like someone will be like, this was too vulgar. There were too many swear words. There was too much sex. And I'll be like, okay, we've got three points added to why I'm going to pick up this book. <laughs> so I don't know. It just feels like it's a lot easier for me to trust people in this genre, like to trust readers because we're all kind of. You kind of have the same taste level. Yeah. Yeah, I think. And because I think that is something that. I think the question I get asked the most often in my DMs is always like, oh, how steamy is this? And like to me now, like The Simple Wild is nothing. Like, I know. <laughs> I mean, Isn't it already so was funny? pretty light on the steam to begin with. It doesn't have, like, there's probably like two scenes, but like my, uh, my steam scale, my standards are your very stamina, different. So, oh. like, if I was to be like, oh, yeah, it's, like, a three out of five, to me, that's still, like, th- that could be a lot for someone when, to me, I'm like, eh, this, you know, kind of, it's there, but it's not, like, yeah. the focal like, point or anything. I don't know. I consider Talia Hibbert's books, like, a 2.5 to a three. And I feel like for a lot of people. They're, like, a five. <laughs> they're, like, fives. Yeah. But on TikTok, specifically... And with people who read primarily independent books or, like, that are on, like, Wattpad, like, they get me. Like, they're on the same steam scale. And so what I'll end up doing is I will find people on TikTok mostly that have read books that I've read and I will see if they match up Mm. with, with mine. And then if they do, then I feel like we've got a similar scale and then I will go and I will see their things. Or my default is just what, if anybody puts a five, I will try to read that. And if their five matches my five, then I know it's good. If their five matches my two, I'm like, no, like I saw someone today and this is not an independently published book, but I saw someone today talking about how Serpent and Dove was steamy. And I was Uh. like, Nah. Serpent and nah. Dove is ice cold. <laughs> Serpent and Dove is like an ice cream cone. Yeah. In December. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. There is a scene, but like, it's not even, like, even on YA scale, I wouldn't even put it towards the end of the spectrum like for what you would expect i i do think that like obviously if you're reading a ya book there is like you should not be expecting a five on this yeah no way um that's not ya and for us to we're not the market audience so even if we like to read ya as an adult we need to not be demanding like explicit scenes and like lots of like lots of stuff like that so i totally get that but um for our 
like adults saying that about a book like that I'm like okay we do not we do not yeah match up scale wise and again totally it's all like preference right Mm -hmm. like you don't have to want to read that but I just want to know that we are looking at the books the same way so that I know what to add to my TBR and what to not right and yeah it's gotten hard because I I, someone asked me if I had read any of Abby Jimenez's book um Mm -hmm. and I have like I've only read the happy ever after playlist and really enjoyed it but I was like I don't I don't remember it being anything like too out of the the norm of of traditionally published contemporary romance but I just feel like I can't it's something I really as as I add more uh as I continue reviewing books and all of that and you know people clearly taking recommendations from me I'm like I gotta figure out a better way to like articulate this instead of like a number on a scale and I don't and I don't I think we mentioned this in our in our return episode I don't like to quantify it either like Mm -hmm. oh there's four scenes because like that doesn't that's not even fair because it's also like I also feel like it's like an energy throughout the book which sounds oh my god I'm gonna sound like such a like such a this is such an actor thing but like you know like the the sexual tension the the steamy energy I think is something that surrounds the book more as opposed to a book like I mean like Talia Hibbert's books where the steam is like so it's like a reward for walking through the experiences of the characters maybe reward is the wrong word but like those characters no, I mean. are there's, going there's, through so much more than just right. their romance storyline. It the way that I think about it is there's oh so I, well I can't credit this some I saw someone make this point on TikTok and I completely agree. There are books with steam and steamy books, mm, mm-hmm. and the difference between those two and has nothing to do with the level, but it's where the plot what the plot is in relation to the steam. If it's a steamy book, then the plot is the steam. It That is what the plot is. If it's a book with steam, it could be very steamy, but there's this other, like Talia Hibbert, there's there's other element to the story. There's character growth beyond the relationship growth. And that's kind of like the two, sometimes I want one, sometimes I want the other. And I think for steamy books, those are books that are like, but like, the the relationship physically Mm -hmm. or not but like the relationship is the thing that is makes the conflict in the story makes the beginning the middle the end the rising action the resolution all of it Mm -hmm. is around the romance versus even a romance that has steam in it there's some there can be other parts to the book I don't know if that makes sense no that's how I like almost like there's a relationship driven steamy book and there's a character driven book with steam yeah like even I would say um Silver Flames okay we're not not independently published but just as a good example that is Nesta's story Mm -hmm. so that is an example of even though it is very steamy for people like and and their graphic and all that 
it is a book with steam because it is Nesta's character growth. It is her journey. It has got, you know, some fantasy elements to it. It's this whole, it's her journey. It's not her and Cassian's story. Cassian is central to it, but it is Nesta's yes, book. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we never really got to talk about it all that often. I know. <sighs> but you know what I mean? Like, that's that's a really good example. And so for me, with, with a lot of these independent bo- books, I am... I would say I am more likely than not want it to be a steamy book. Like that's what I want. I want that to be the the main focal point because Mm -hmm. I I like that authors can be totally uncensored and they Mm -hmm. don't have this publisher that is not, not that I'm saying like this always happens, but because there are, you know, books that are traditionally published that fit this bill. But I think for the most part, I like how authors can just go with it they can just write what they want to write it can be 30 pages long of whatever and nobody tells that author that they've got to cut it down they've got to like you know make it appeal to more people like that is I'm gonna the authors are very much like I'm gonna write what I want to write because it's what I want to read and there are other people that are going to want to read that too and if it sell if 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 like there's enough people that want to read that I don't need to be mainstream I don't need to try to like breach some general audience like I know who wants to read my books and Mm -hmm. it's the people that you know a hundred percent I think I said in my review of Madison Kate that it I just had so much fun reading those books and you know not to like flex my nerd status of being like I had fun reading my books but like it was so like I'm not I I do I would not say I'm a fantasy reader because it has to be the right fantasy book. But, like, mm-hmm. when you find something that can give you that same level of escapism, like, that's how I feel about some of the the indie published romances that I've read is that they give me that same, like, serotonin boost of, like, I am tuning out the rest of the world and focusing yeah. in on these moments, which I think I... I mean, I know you've said, like, you you chase that feeling that you got from the Madison Kate series. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I definitely feel similarly because sometimes it's, I mean, especially with all the hardships of the last year, it's like, I don't really, I am not drawn to some of the things that I am normally drawn to because I don't want real people problems. I don't want to relate to anybody right now. I just want to have fun. And that's why I like the dark romances too, because they're and and I want this to be a disclaimer for any time I talk about a dark romance. Um, if I, I think that there are people that like to read these books, dark, taboo, etc., and you can read the book and not condone the actions of the characters if it was real life, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that that's like a really you know overarching comment that I want to make is that I am very much like oh 90 percent of the books i've read since december i would never put up with that type with this stuff uh in real life and but it's like it's that escapism it's just like how when you read a thriller you're not condoning that there's a murderer right like it's the same kind of thing yeah um so that's my general disclaimer and then my other uh disclaimer just generally is that some of these books are so like out of my 
wheelhouse I'm still like figuring out my limits and like what I'm like ooh, I don't know if I like that and like oh no like I thought I would be bothered by that but I'm actually not and stuff like that so it's really it's really interesting journey in self-discovery for me to see and it's like sometimes I will find a book and I'm like it like sets a new standard for me I'm like now I need to find a new one like this it's a challenge you love it a good is. challenge it is it's like every day I constantly am changing yeah and obviously I mean when we had our um when we had Andrea Norse on back in the fall she's an indie published author she kind of gave us a little bit more information on what the process is like and why mm-hmm. you know there are there are authors out there who choose to not even go the traditionally published route like they're not just publishing independently because they couldn't get a book deal there is um I think Andrea said that like you know sometimes when you want to write the book that you want to write you you can't do it with anyone saying well that's not going to appeal to a mass audience that's not going to you can't put that in there because that's not x y and z and it's like you know or just like not wanting an editing not not wanting a team of people to influence like how you're writing your book in general you know even if even if it was like there wasn't anything that they would want want to take out but just this idea of having it be your book and totally 100% your voice I mean obviously you have beta readers you have editors like there are those things put in place so that a book that is independently published is not of lesser or lower quality than a book mm-hmm. that is traditionally published. And that's something that we definitely want to dispel here in this series is I have read some absolutely phenomenal, fantastic five-star reads by authors who choose, make a conscious choice to publish independently, to publish on Kindle Unlimited, to publish, yeah. um, you know, just as eBooks to only, and I learned, I've learned recently that, there are a lot of authors now in today's market who are choosing to only to do independent sales and to only do ebooks because they get a larger percentage of profit from that mm-hmm. versus the um, the it's a sliver of sales that an author gets when they go through a traditional publisher like single digit percentages yeah. and so for going through the independent route you get one control and total autonomy over your book um and to you get to usually publish them a little bit quicker and so your fans can stay interested like for series like I'm I'm sitting here on bated breath waiting for the Hades series which is the spinoff from Madison Kate to finish because I told Tate I was like I can't start that I'm reading everything else that you have because I cannot start that until it's done because I know you and you leave us with horrible cliffhangers. One of the fun things about independently published series is that they come out quickly. So you are not left waiting years in between books, which I know sometimes. But still like like, four months is like a lot. Like I'm sitting here like four months and I'm like, I can't do it. I can't make it. I mean, I finished from Blood and Ash, the From Blood and Ash series in December. And I'm like, I've been panting to get to tomorrow. We're recording this on April 19th. And so the Crown of Gilded Bodes comes out tomorrow. And I've been like sitting here being like, is April yet? Is April yet? (laughs) I can't wait. I called so my nervous. Barnes and Noble today and I was like, are you going to be carrying this in store? Like, can I come and get it tomorrow? <laughs> and they were like, yeah. And I was like, fabulous. 
I am not doing what I did with Silver Flames. I'm not going to go to the bookstore. I'm telling you this right now. We'll see if I hold up to it. Well, if I do it, are you going to do it? Oh, <laughs> I, I can't. Feel like I ended up. You didn't do it with Silver Flames till I was like, I went to the bookstore. <laughs> I know. I had such FOMO. But Phoebe, I have seven copies of that book now. So, but yes, I have way too many copies. So I was like, for for Gilded Bones, I was like, I am going to, I ordered special editions. Actually, I have two copies coming because I'm a freaking idiot. And I forgot I got the book, the bookish box, special box. Oh. I got that one months ago before I even knew what the covers looked like. I bought that, totally forgot. And I got the email notification from Fairy Loot that they were like, we've got limited availability. And I'm like, oh my gosh, have I not bought this book yet? Like, because I, I knew I didn't pre-order it like through Barnes & Noble or through my indie or anything like that. Like I knew I hadn't pre-ordered it, just a regular copy. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like have, do I not have a copy of this book yet? Like what am I thinking? So I went and I got the Fairy Loot special edition. And then I realized afterwards that I got the bookish box. So I have two coming already so I cannot I'm not gonna get a third one and I and I want to reread both of the two books before I did see on TikTok today someone said if you had did a reread of both of them you should be fine but there's a lot there's a lot of info dumping I guess yeah but I also I mean I am of the camp when I read from blood and ash I read it in five hours and I did not find like and I am someone who gets confused very easily when it comes to fantasy mm-hmm. and I was not confused I knew exactly what was going on at every stage so maybe it's just however she writes and does it it works for my brain and is difficult for others which is fine yeah. um, because you know in Throne of Glass I was like what the heck is going on here <laughs> um, yeah. Jennifer Armantrout is an excellent example of a I'm gonna call her an indie author she does go through a small press like an independent press so it's not like they're just like she she does have a press on some of her books Mm -hmm. all of her books I'm not exactly sure um if I if I'm wrong please correct me um but she's a great example like she has gotten like from Blood and Ash, people do not even realize that it's not through a traditional publisher. Mm-hmm. Like they, they're like, why is this book so expensive? When they want phys- when people want physical copies, because the book is most most of her books are primarily ebook sales. So it's like you, when you want a hard copy, you absolutely can get one. But like, it's not going to be ten dollars. It's going right. to be thirty five if you want a hardcover. So, um, so anyways, people don't even realize that about Blood and Ash. It's like one of the most popular well, books. I remember when we were both were looking for them back in the fall, and we were like, "Why can't we find them in our bookstores?" Yeah. And you could yeah. only get the paperback. Um, now, though, my bookstore has so like I remember I, when I spotted it in the wild, I was like, oh, "There it is!" But she's like a really great example. She's written I don't even know how many books. I love all of them. She's one of my favorite authors. And I am, it's one of my goals for 2021 to read all of her books. Um, The next series I'm reading is the Covenant series. I think it's five books. And I'm really excited about it. And um, the Dark Elements is one of my favorite. Okay, I'm going to stop saying these because we're going to have a pitch episode and I'm going to have to pitch (laughs) You're going to have to think of so many more books. (laughs) I know. But also, another reason she's a really great example is she writes 
paranormal romance, like mm-hmm. not dark romance. So again, we're talking about like there's just so there's like we could not even we could spend hours and we still would not cover all the different sub genres of well, didn't, books. Um, did Talia Hibbert start as an indie author? Yes. And then the Chloe Brown books were picked up traditionally. So that is the story for most of the authors that we read. Most of the romance authors that we've talked about on this podcast that have the trade paperbacks with the illustrated covers are Mia Sosa is a great example. They're either they're either publishing independently or they were publishing as um, like mass market only, like mm. the the you know grocery store mass produced same those are published through a traditional publisher like harley quinn or whatever like they're those are published traditionally but they're on a faster scale they're only produced paperback etc 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 and then a lot of authors when they gain a certain level of popularity then they've been transitioned if they want to they can change their contract over to trade paperback kind of thing and then they've been publishing that way at least that's my understanding i talked to an author way back in I guess 2019, before before COVID, I was talking to an author, a romance author, local to North Carolina, and she was talking me through about how, like, she's seen a lot of her friends, author friends, go to trade paperbacks through that. Either they were an ind- they were an independently published author, and they got a lot of huge popularity, and then they went traditional, or they were traditional but mass market paperback only and now they're going into trade paperback or coming a little bit more I guess commercial if that makes Mm. sense so that's really interesting but yeah I think I mean don't quote me on this I don't know I haven't asked Talia herself but from what I can tell through her the books that I'm reading some of her backlist books I can only find them in ebook form um so I'm wondering if she was like in independently published before when you said paranormal romance it made me think of that time that you were like she has paranormal romance i know fantasy. werewolf story mm, i love a werewolf i know but i'm trying to think of like what other what other things like what i don't know but I, I think it, it is um as someone who's currently working on their own book like it is very um encouraging because I think that was something that I really appreciated about our conversation with Andrea was that she said you know I want to see my book in Target one day obviously I want to see my book in more bookstores because that means you get to reach more readers but at the end Mm -hmm. of the day what's important to her is being is being a writer and you can get your story out there if you want it to be out there and it doesn't mean I've been big on the theater metaphors lately, but like, it's like being union and non-union of like what jobs you're able to take. And, you know, there are limitations to both. Like when you're in the union, you're protected, you have, you know, benefits and health insurance and you get paid better. But when you're non-union, maybe you can accept something like a little bit outside of your wheelhouse. Like, um, you know, I would be cast as like an ingenue, but I'm not, a, you know, I'm not really an ingenue. Like you wouldn't look at me and be like, oh yes, the pretty little love interest. So I guess like that's how I view like traditional publishing and indie publishing is that, you know, 
to be traditionally published, you get a lot of benefits. You have a whole team behind you. Your book is out there. There's more money in the marketing and all of that. But in an indie published situation, you just have a little bit more control and you get to, uh, like the story remains yours and you're not really, and I, I think for some, you know, for some authors that is really, really important. And, um, it's like, you know, I'm so glad, yeah, I'm so glad that the Chloe Brown books, I mean, like, obviously this is like, you know, um, don't quote me on it because, you know, like we said, I don't know if this is 100% accurate, but the the Brown Sisters trilogy, I think, is something that I'm so glad is it, that it can be found in almost every bookstore. Yeah. Because I think it, it will resonate with, uh, like, a vast majority of people, but that doesn't diminish the importance of Talia's other work that could have been independently published that is, yeah, you know, could be someone's favorite for so many other reasons. Yeah, like her Ravenwood series is absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah, so, and I think another good point to mention is that we are using independent author, independently published loosely in that it is encompassing both authors who publish, who write and publish the book, self-publish it, like it's it just has their name on the book and that's it, and also authors who go through small independent publishers which are these like not one of the big five like not you know not um the big macmillan these days it is the big four but i'm still until the merger is complete you know as a lawyer i'm gonna say the big five but yeah she went there i went there but yeah so um like it's not published through macmillan penguin house Simon and Schuster. So you said Penguin House instead of Penguin Random House. Sorry, 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 <laughs> sorry. But anyways, not published through the large publishers, but through small indie presses. So that's that it encompasses that. So Talia Hibber is an example of before the Chloe Brown series, her books were published through small presses, mm-hmm. and uh, Jennifer Armentrout's books were published through small presses and I've got a couple books that I actually met an author in 2019 who um, didn't like the way that publishing was working and so he started his own press um, and has published some really great books and so mm-hmm. like again this series we're specifically talking about romance that's independently published so we're narrowing it down a little bit and not like talking about the industry entirely um, and then obviously whatever we've been able to kind of read. But I'm I'm really excited to kind of just talk about these books more. Like not necessarily talking about the, you know, why a book would be independently published or anything. But just like talk about the books because they mm-hmm. deserve a lot of hype. And I think that in this age, in 2021, where we've got all this social media presence, like indie books are having a moment. And people are being like, oh, sh-. like these are good yeah these are really good and there is not a single con about them they're fast they're they're honest they're real world sometimes they're just like i don't know they're just consumable and so i'm i'm really excited to talk about them yes i 100 percent agree i think this is going to be one of our favorite pitch episodes yet oh my god I can't wait. So, <laughs> when you think that I had a hard time with the minute before, like <laughs> maybe we'll extend it to a minute thirty specifically for this. Maybe we have no time anymore because we're 
in the spirit of independent publishing, I am not going to take direction from anybody. Oh, she's gone rogue, folks. I've lost control. Oh, well, tune in next time to figure out if Ashley obeys the law. What if I put it that way? Mm. Mm. Good point. Good point. Anyway. Um, so if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you give us a review and a rating over on Apple Podcasts. You can stop by today's Instagram post with your thoughts on today's episodes. Be sure to check out over there for updates and all of that. And you can find us individually on Instagram at read and write and at underscore shelf love underscore. Um, and I think I said everything. So I think I just took your end credits from you. And all the books and resources that we mentioned on today's episode can be found on readandwrite.com. Phoebe's much better at keeping you informed and updated than I ever tried to be. So go to her for all the deets. (laughs) Um, And until next time, keep reading. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Original music by Jake Thorne. Podcast produced and edited by me, Ashley Chandler, and Phoebe Wright. You can find us on Instagram at Read It or List It Pod. All rights reserved 2020.